Ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a special treat today because on this exciting episode 47 of the Flux to Post podcast, Lucas and I are joined by none other than the darling of the internet, Mr. Robopig himself. Hello, peoples. Instant street cred. Instant <laughs> street cred. Is that how that works? Yes. Oh, Dave, okay. Dave, thank you for taking the time out of your amazingly busy schedule to join us on this journey through idiocy we like to call the flux to post podcast i hope it's okay but i'm listening to two different podcasts in two different ears while i <laughs> while i am starring on your podcast <laughs> well, that's the only way i can imagine you keep up with your your library so that's how i gotta do it that's that's perfectly acceptable okay we're good then <laughs> well ah man Great. It's great to have you. You know, uh, I think you've been one of our earlier adopters of the show. So first of all, you know, thanks for the support, all the listens, and uh, you keep coming back every week. We don't know what the hell's wrong with you. Um, I won't give you the list, but uh, I'm happy to be here, and uh, I love to listen to the show. It, uh, I think it comes through normally in the show that you guys obviously are friends and um, you have a good rapport and um, I don't know I think maybe I'm really liking um, a lot of a lot of the podcasts I listen to are, are just a two host show and it, it I think it flows very well the more people you add into the mix the more you know people step on each other when they're trying to say stuff so I think it works for you guys well thank think- you I think we learned that lesson when we did the RPG segment uh, roundtable discussion. That was, uh, how many people did we have at uh, one time, geez, including yourself? Had, five, wasn't it? Yeah, there's five of us. It wasn't, the, the actual show wasn't too bad, but the recording was, <laughs> I mean, the editing was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, we don't need any more editing nightmares added to the show no, than we, what they already are. Yeah, we do that well enough on our own, so... Speaking of, what what is on today's show, Jason? Give us the rundown. Can I do can I do the thing that makes you angry? <laughs> yes, tell me what is on the docket? Yes! On the docket today. On the docket today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, on today's show we are joined by none other than Robopig, as I've said five times already, because it's just it's so excited. So by damn this. excited, yes. Yeah. So we will have a little what you plan, followed by the news with our usual uh, branch of nonsense that the new only the news according to us can, can provide. We have an mm-hmm. overclocked remix selection that was suggested by none other than our listener Graham. Thank you, Graham. Uh, a Netflixation featuring the thrilling action and supernatural <laughs> horror that you can only get from a movie called I Frankenstein. That was a pretty good uh, impression there. I, I kind of got a little Ramstein on that, you know. <laughs> Had a little too much emotion in it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. More deadpan, please. More deadpan. Will it be entertaining and fun? Well, you'll have to listen to find out. And we'll round up the community grab bag. But this will be a special community grab bag because we're giving away something free. So you'll want to stick around for that. I will. Yeah, you don't have a choice. Oh. And that is the show in a nutshell so that was episode 47 thanks Shall we, see you. Can we, Bye. oh i thought we we're gonna open up the nutshell and take out the <laughs> meaty insides discuss lay them out 
in oh, an unboxing video. Well, let's. Ah, <laughs> hey, I've almost got a hundred views on that unboxing video. Thank you very much. Nice. I hope you monetize that so you can make ten cents. No. You're missing out, bruh. I did not. I did not. <laughs> Lucas, Dave, yes. anything uh, remotely exciting happened to you guys in the past week that you'd like to share? I, w- I was waiting. Um, <laughs> you too. <laughs> uh, I can uh, I can say that uh, my weekend was exciting because my son was playing hockey Saturday and broke his collarbone. Oh. I've been meaning to ask you. I saw that tweet. And I didn't. I don't think I saw the follow up. How's he doing? Um, he's he's okay. He's in some pain. He's taken some painkillers to, to get along. They're basically one of the worst things you can break because there's nothing anybody can do about it except uh, you just wait for it to heal and try to keep him from moving that shoulder. So he's home. He's probably going to stay home uh, for this week while he's on the painkillers. we got to figure out how to get some of his schoolwork home so he can not fall behind. And we just saw orthopedic doctor today, and he said it's basically about 10 weeks before he'd be okay to be really active oh, and anything man. again. Oh, so man. the rest of his season is shot for this year. That's got to be depressing. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't happy about it. He loves that's that's his sport and that's what he does. So he's gonna gonna be bored for the next several weeks. <laughs> but that was my excitement of recent. I won't. I won't say that this is exciting. But as you know, Jason, I was telling you a little bit about it earlier. But I started my. Uh, stupid cleanse thing that i said i was going to do the gm cleanse mm. today so if i sound spacey and like i passed out it's probably because i did today so, today is all fruits Jason. so, so are, do you have to be on a bedpan during this podcast oh you don't even they they promote they promote not only that you drink tons of water but also i'm eating all this water-based fruit like melons and stuff that just, you know, it's like a glass of water every time you eat a piece. <laughs> so I think I've been in the bathroom about eh, 20 times today, it feels like, mm. maybe more. But thankfully, it's, you know, right across, right right on the other side of that door, as you know, Jason. So Flexible I don't podcast, have to we far. share everything. We do, we do. So does so. that mean that you can only eat Hawaiian pizza right now? <laughs> oh, dude, I would totally I don't go think for I some could, Hawaiian pizza. I don't pizza. think I could live like that. That's I don't, I don't know how you're doing it. You don't like Hawaiian pizza? Uh, actually, I don't. That, no. Oh. <laughs> Dang. I don't want no fruit on my pizza, please. Thank you. Uh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's seven days. Today is the first, and uh, tomorrow's vegetables. So when I'm editing, I will be eating... A nice vegetable platter. No ranch hmm. dip, though. Uh, so, yep. That's all. That's all I got. Huh. Uh, well, we we got out the Amiibo this weekend, so we finally oh, yeah. did that, you know. Lonk. <laughs> Lonk. Uh, the Hyrulean Warrior. So that was fun to mess around with that, finally. And uh, I don't... Anything non-gaming excitement last week? Not really. I think it was, it was kind of a... a kind of a normal week uh i continued my podcast world tour with uh <laughs> gamers in beta yesterday so 
any podcasters listening now and they want to guess, I'm looking to continue this tour. I'm gonna do it. I'll do a different show every week. Let's keep it rolling. Oh man. Uh, Mike, Mike was excited. You guys hit hit the mark. He's been trying to hit of keeping it at around ninety minutes. I think that's the first time since I, the the first time I was on there. He was said we were going to do that. We were like two and a half hours. <laughs> well, you know what we found the secret was. Yeah, uh, Jay wasn't on. <laughs> There's no Jay Destiny Hour, so uh, poor Jay. Uh, <laughs> And uh, coming up this weekend, I'm going to uh, AHL game with my brothers, so that'll be fun to go see some hockey with my brothers and then run the town till my 31-year-old body falls asleep, so like 11.05. I was going to say like 10 p.m. then. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, that's it. That is it for me with the week. And what better way to forget our troubles from the week than to discuss a little bit about what you plan this week. Lucas. Oh. Tell me, tell me what you plan. Why do I? I thought we would make the the guest Dave go first. That's so not that, the order. That's not the order. <laughs> that's not how we have it written. That's All not right, right. what's well, in the script. Get ready for an hour of talking because I'm Dave, gonna Dave's go. Dave's gonna have the best, so we save the best for last. That is a good point. That is a good point. Well, uh, I finally beat Dragon Age, the original campaign. My God. I would. I have to say that uh, I, I must have done something much better this time around because I didn't have to. The first time I played, had to drop it down into easy mode to defeat the uh, the final boss. And uh, it, actually, there was one fight on the way there that uh, gave me some trouble. I thought I was going to have to uh, drop it down, but thankfully, uh, strategy strategy prevailed, and I was able to uh, knock it out. So uh, got it, got it completed, and then moved on to um, I think there's like four DLC, and completed Liliana's song as well, which only lasted like an hour and a half, but it gives you some insight into one of the characters that is in your party for, I'd say, the mm. majority of the game. So that was kind of interesting. I wasn't really a huge fan of. I didn't. I didn't feel like it really gave me that much more than I already could discern from when you talk to her so i don't know i'm glad that i got it in a like all-encompassing um whatever they call it, ultimate edition or whatever as opposed to uh, yeah, buying yeah. it separately um russ and i finally finished dead island uh we played again uh just before we ended up playing evolve that night you and i and steve oh, yes yes so uh you know we hopped on and ended up finishing it finally we we wasted the final boss i have a character who's uses mostly bladed weapons and uh i just got behind him and back backstabbed him with like this knife that has like electrocution on it or something ridiculous like that the 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 weapons you can make in that game are silly but uh they are fun to wield so i i will say that um and then today actually i found myself with uh, quite a bit of time to not really didn't really have much to do so i sat down and watched some more of the walking dead i'm on season three so still yes i know uh but i was Weak able to sauce. i know i think i i think i ended up watching four episodes in a row something like that so i have like four or five left in the season so finally, at least, I kind of know a little bit about the, the turn as far as the story arc for that season goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, uh, I watched a movie early on last week called Only Lovers Left Alive. 
I had it sitting around my house for a while, and I was like, you know, I should I should probably watch this finally. And I was not glad that I did. Unfortunately, it's a it's a it's a movie about vampires, but it's not your typical like teen vampire, or really even your um. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. They're, it's kind huh. of like they're romantic vampires, like like the old like the style vampire. Already. But well, it was supposed to be good. It got really good reviews, and a lot of audiences liked it, according to Rotten Tomato. Tomato, <laughs> Rotten Tomato. But uh, I don't know. It just it was boring. I mean, at the end of the movie, you're just kind of like, what? What did I watch? What happened? That. I don't really care. So I wouldn't recommend it personally, but <clears throat> I don't know. I want my two hours back. That's all I have to say. It wasn't bad. <laughs> That's the weird part. It wasn't really bad. It just was boring. So, um, so yeah. That's that's pretty much everything I Dragon Age took up most of my week. I mean, I don't even want to tell you how many hours I played that in the last week, so because it would be embarrassing. Aw. So, Mr. Jason, you have the floor. Oh, God. I, I have been meaning to tell you. This isn't really what I've been playing, but I've been meaning to tell you. I came across it, I think, actually, when I was at work. Um, a really horrible. Um, there's three There's three of them on Netflix. Uh, they're all, okay. I think, Japanese. Lust of the Dead. Ooh. Just imagine. I don't even look it up. Just imagine, and you'll get a good idea of how terrible it is. Oh my! I sorry, I already looked it up. I'm looking. <laughs> what? Okay, this is what it says. For when I looked up "Lust of the Dead" on IMDb, it says "Rape Zombie: Colon Lust of the Dead." Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Oh wow! I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna All make right. it a Netflix station. All three oh, of them. God. It's a trilogy, and, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anywho, uh, as far as what I've played this week, uh, we carried on the post-flex-to-post tradition of a little, a few rounds of Awesome Knots, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I can't remember. We played last week, but we had played three. We had, like, the, the trifecta. We had won all three, went to bed happy. That, that never happens. Um, I never go to bed happy. Aw. Uh, I played a, a little bit of Smash uh, until you came over, and then we played a lot of Smash. But yes, we did. Uh, I still, you know, like to play that. I'm actually, I, I bit the bullet, and uh, the one subreddit I frequent was doing a tournament, and they're welcoming all skill levels, and it's all online. So I was like, you know what? First, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna sign up, and then I was like, eh, I don't know, blah blah blah. And I, I talked to Steve for a little bit, and he's like, just, just do it. I was like, you know what? What the hell? So I signed back up. So I'm gonna do an online tournament on the 31st. Um, I don't know if I make it through like two rounds, that'd be sweet. Otherwise, I don't really care. But it should just be fun. <laughs> hopefully, you say that now until the competitive I, spirit in I, you. I, I know you've seen the rage that evokes from frustrating yes, losses. I have. <laughs> Uh, been playing Heroes of the Storm, the uh, Blizzard MOBA. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to always play uh, Moradin Bronzebeard, which I liked, you know, as a tanky character. But now they, the free character rotation, I was able to. Mm-hmm. I've been playing as a ta- uh, Tassadar, the Protoss uh, Templar. So that's been kind of interesting, switching over to range support. I, I don't know. The, the game is very team fight focused, and unlike. Uh, 
you know, your Dota's, your League of Legends, there's no item shop. So that's kind of nice. You're just, as you level up, you get different abilities that you can pick from, and that's how you build your character. And that much better fits into my um, playstyle and mindset than trying to navigate those item shops and figure out what the hell I'm doing. So uh, that's been fun. I usually get at least a four-man team of some other friends that have it. Uh, Captain Toad, played through that some more. I'm like, I've beaten... There's three chapters in that. I've completed all those three chapters and all their objectives, and then you get bonus levels. And I'm on, I think, the last one of the last bonus levels, which is going to be a bit of a sticking point for a bit. But it, it was fun, and then uh, I rounded things up with uh, playing Evolve. But we'll talk uh, we'll talk a little bit about that after uh, we hear what Mr. Dave had played this week. I'm up. <laughs> yeah, you're still with us. Wake back up. It's your turn. Oh, damn it. Um. All right. What did I play? Uh, my PC just went to sleep. Um. Okay. Jackbox Party Pack. Uh. We had a party here for New Year's. We typically do. Um. And earlier that day, I had bought the Jackbox Party Pack. For those who are unfamiliar, um. The guys that did the You Don't Know Jack trivia games um, has done a few other games. This party pack has, I think, five games in it. Um, they have a deluxe version of You Don't Know Jack. Um, I think up to four people can play that. They have a game called Fibbage where you make up an answer to a, kind of a trivia question. Um, they have a game called Lyswater where you... Um, try to pick, I think, the right answer to a question. Um, oh yeah, it's it's either a true or false question, so you're 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 fifty fifty chance of getting it right or wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but the unique thing with uh, with Lyswater is that it will supposedly support up to a hundred players. Whoa. And Holy the, crap. the part that's cool about the setup, um, at least uh, for Fibbage, for uh, Lyswater, they have another game called Drawful, where you're given a, a phrase or word that you have to try and draw, draw out and then have other people guess it. Um, but you also get points if you make up... Um, for somebody's drawing you make up what you think it is and it's not that but other people pick your answer you get points for that too um, but the really unique thing that they did with it was that it um, I think it's available for I don't know if it's available for the older consoles available on Xbox one I know um, and I believe it's available in Steam currently but what they do is they give you a room code you go to their website on any um, network device uh, it could be a PC it could be a, a tablet a phone um, you put in the room code and then you're added into the game and you basically play through your phone. Um, hmm. Okay. So we fired it up New Year's Eve and no, everybody's like, what, what is that game? And then within two minutes, everybody's like, I want to get in. I want to get in. They're all, <laughs> they're all jumping in. And, and I mean, we played, we must've played for two or three hours and was like, I look at my watch and it was like quarter of 12. I'm like, Oh, we got to, we gotta stop and watch the watch the ball <laughs> drop through the countdown. Um, so we had a, a a lot of fun with that. Um, I would definitely recommend it uh, for anyone. The only, I guess, the only drawback. My my daughter is uh, ten. Um, some of the answers. Um, 
can be borderline risque. I think it's probably rated teen. <laughs> so of course, we were doing. I think Drawful. She got the uh, what was hers? Um, Friends with benefits. Oh, so, <laughs> so, so, she, so she shows it to me and she's like what is this how do i draw this and i just started laughing and i was i put her off on my wife and then she's like ask your aunt and nobody would answer you know what the <laughs> what the question was so a few issues like that but um it, it's a lot of fun and the the whole setup through their website just just works and um we actually kind of i was talking about it with uh graham on twitter because he's he's sad that i guess they don't have it uh available in the uk yet um but this weekend i was checking out a stream by the guys over at uh the spawn on me podcast they were doing a, a charity weekend uh to raise some money and um the first thing one of the guys there fired up was jackbox and when i connected to his stream i think he had 10 or 15 people watching but it was just him sitting at i think the the you don't know jack screen he was the only one logged in and it had had the code there for the room to get into the game so i i grabbed my tablet and and jumped right in it and then he tried to start the game and realized that that was uh, the one game that doesn't work through streaming because of the lag involved. Um, mm. So he's, he switched it over to Fibbage, and then um, I, I threw it out on tw on Twitter, and a guy, another guy, um, Elliot, uh, he goes by Sly Almond on Twitter, he jumped in, and my son came by, heard the music, so he's like, I want to jump in. So we had, I think, the four of us play Fibbage the first round, and then once people saw how it worked, like the next time it, the, it was full, I think it does up to eight players on that. So... It just works very well. You you wouldn't see the you know the the main thing would, was running on his console, so the the Twitch stream was behind a little as to like what the score was and stuff. But um, it's immediately would pop up on your screen. You know, um, someone picks the category, then it provides the question. You put in your answer, and then once all well, the answers are timed, so you only have so much time to put it in. But it, it's even because everybody gets it on their phone at the same time. Right. And the stream stream doesn't matter, and um, so it, I was amazed at at how well it worked. So I was telling telling Graham maybe we could do a flux deposed um, stream for it. And he could join in, and anybody, um, anybody else that listens that wants to try it out, we can try out a couple of the games. Nice. Yeah, that sounds like an excellent time. Let's do it. He's in England, so I told him probably have to do it on a weekend, so I can do it at a, a reasonable hour for him. <laughs> yeah, right. Five hours ahead. I always um, like it when I get up and I'll see his tweets, and he's like, "Ah, oh, this day's never." I'm like, "My day's just starting over," and his like work day's almost done, and he's been talking about how slow work is and like ah crap i'm just starting and he's almost done that a-hole yeah <laughs> um so that was jackbox i definitely recommend it i think it's 25 bucks on the xbox one currently um so what else i played i i picked up wolfenstein uh new world order on steam when it was i forget maybe around 20 during the holiday sale 
Um, hadn't played it on. I have both the Xbox One and a PS4 in the house. The PS4 is technically my son's. He he saved up his money and bought it. Um, and then I got an Xbox One for my birthday this year. So, um, but I didn't play it on either. So I was figured since it's really single player only, it would be a good one for me on PC. And I'm. I grew up playing on PC, so I'm still kind of preferential to the mouse and keyboard for shooters mm-hmm. myself. I still can't do much with a controller. So um, so I played a couple hours of that. Um, definitely enjoy, uh, enjoy it. It's got a lot of nods. I, I played plenty of the original. It's got like uh, you run around these different places and you'll see food on the table. That's your health. Um, little nods, you know, to the to the old game. It's right. Got, it's got guard dogs attacking you in it and all of that. Um, has some amount of a stealth mechanic. There are certain, at least as far as I've gotten into it, there are certain. Uh, I think they call them commanders. If the commander sees you, he sets off an alarm, and and you get a lot more reinforcements that come through. So you try to kind of sneak around, take them out first, and then you don't have nearly as many enemies to deal with. But um, like it so far is a cool take on you know the whole story about uh, we basically lost the war, and your character is kind of in a bit of a almost like a coma for 15 years and then wakes up to find out that that you know nazis run the world basically yeah i really wanted to get my hands on this game for a while and i always seem to miss a sale and then it's back up to like 40 dollars so i'm like ah, i gotta keep waiting you gotta <laughs> put it in the wish list on steam and then they'll email you when it goes on sale i know i had to do that with Shadowrun uh dragonfall because i'm like i keep missing sales on that too and i'm apparently obsessed with that game right now for some reason or other and i don't know why because <laughs> it's awesome um so i listed one finger death punch we you talked about that on a previous show um a lot of fun yeah um, thanks for that addiction by the way <laughs> i'm st- i still have not gotten through the the regular campaign mode and i haven't yet either that map is friggin enormous so I, I enjoy that when I when I've had time. Although I haven't played it lately, probably in the last week, but I was playing it pretty severely for a while. Uh, and then I listed uh, the new COD Advanced Warfare. Um, not even my copy. We we got it for my son for Christmas <laughs> on the uh, Xbox. Um, but I, I usually enjoy playing the campaigns. Um, I like playing multiplayer, but like I said, I'm not that great with the controller, so I tend to get frustrated trying to play online. And, you know, the that community isn't always so welcoming, so... The first time oh, I come on, whatever are you talking about? <laughs> the first time I played uh, was I think it was Black Ops Two. The first kill I got, the guy started screaming at me that I shouldn't be using that gun, and I was oh, just God. like, "Oh yeah, I remember this now." <laughs> so it's cool, um, you know. It has the the Kevin Spacey character in it. Um, I don't remember how many missions I'm in, but um, I, I think I said on Twitter, it, it's it's I like it, and just in the fact that I'm I'm several chapters in, and I still understand the storyline so far. <laughs> oh like, man! Usually, I'm about maybe third chapter, and I'm like, we're we're running across the rooftops in 
San Paulo, Brazil or something to catch some guy. And I I don't really remember why we got to catch that guy. And then you kill him and you take something from him. And I'm I'm usually just lost by this point. So uh, maybe this one's better written or maybe I'm just um, going slow enough that I can keep up with the story. Um, the only thing I've, I've seen with it that I don't really like is, um, well, something I was hoping maybe would be fixed with this, um, this go round of the consoles was, um, the cut scenes in the game look really good. Like I have a hard time telling that, that it's not real actors. Um, but then if you see them, you know, in game engine, they, they don't look nearly the same. They, you know, they look better than last gen, but they still have that, you know, they still have that problem with can't get the eyes right and they have a shiny, mm-hmm. waxy look to them. So I, I don't, well, I mean, we're early in this cycle, so I'm hoping maybe with the tricks down the road, they can they can get that gap a little closer so that everything looks the same, but definitely, right. definitely still the cutscenes look look better on that game. Um, so that was it for my list. I don't think I've played. Yeah, I haven't really played anything else. Um, I mentioned for movies, I recently watched uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Um, nice. I didn't see, was the last one Rise, the one before that? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, I didn't see that <laughs> one, but it didn't, you know, I, I watched all the original ones back in the day, so... Um, I was most impressed, I guess, just with the thought that I'm imagining every every ape, every orangutan that I saw on screen was basically computer generated, and mm-hmm. um, they comprise you know what eighty percent of the movie. So I I can only imagine the massive team that had to do that work to put that together, and they looked they looked very real, and and they you know the. They were. I thought they were well acted. The uh, the ape parts and the whole the whole thing. I found it the storyline kind of like a parallel to. I'm all caught up with The Walking Dead, so um, you know, there's a lot of similar themes in there about how end of the world and it's not. I don't know. There's a lot of mistrust and and it just depends on what group you fall in with. You know what your what your fate is, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I liked it, and obviously the way they ended it, they're gonna gonna do more of them. I think. Yeah, I've heard good things about that one. I haven't watched either of those most recent films either, so I was thinking about just jumping on with that one because it doesn't have James Franco in it. Yeah, the first one is pales in comparison. It was still okay, but the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is definitely if if you're not sure about it, I'd start there and then figure it out. Figure out if you want to see the first one. I was surprised how how dramatic it was. I mean, there was there's a lot of you know. It's certainly not the old ones with Charlton Heston and people in, in the monkey suits. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot of story and and heart in the the whole story about Caesar. Um, so yeah, I, de- I definitely recommend it. And then I I listed Chef on there too. I, I didn't watch. I watched it fairly maybe within the last month, but I wanted to note it to say that um, I was curious to see if Lucas was going to watch that or if he had watched it. 
I've heard it was really good. It's been um, recommended to me by not only people, but things online like, oh, you should, you know, if you like this, then you'd be interested in this. So I, I'm I'm planning on uh, hopefully getting it on DVD through Netflix or something. Yeah, I'd, li- I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. It definitely has kind of an, an indie feel to it, you know, like his older Swingers work, stuff like that. Uh, huh. Um, in spite of the fact that he has several big name stars in it. And I kind of just like that. I don't want to give the ending away, but it's, it, I don't know. It's, I think different from a lot of the, what do I want to call cynic, cynical viewpoint of, of a lot of, uh, current movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people, people might not like the ending cause it's just kind of neat and, and tidy and a happy ending. But I, I kind of found it a nice change of pace from the, the doom and gloom. I've been bringing my son to a lot of the, the movies kids his age want to see, which is hunger games and, um, divergent. And what was the last one? Maze runner. Mm-hmm. Mm. And those movies are all, uh, I guess everybody compares, calls them Orwellian or like, like 1984, but um, uh, the, the main theme running through all of them just always seems to be that older people screw the, the younger people. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. And that's just the recurring theme over and over. So I, find, I, I don't know, I find that kind of depressing as a viewpoint for today's youth watching these movies, but... Um, I definitely enjoyed Chef, um, but I di- I definitely a Favreau fan from early on with Swingers too. Well, it's added to the list, sir. I just put it on my Netflix queue, so cool. I'll be able to give you my thoughts soon, hopefully. I know sometimes you guys mention books, so I just noted on there that I'm currently reading William Gibson's new one, uh, The Peripheral. You like my it, liking it so far? Yeah, I mean, I read everything he does. I'm I'm a big cyberpunk fan, um, but obviously, I like his earlier stuff more than the recent stuff, which covered a lot to do about like marketing and viral this and and kind of wasn't as as tech or cyberpunk heavy. This one, <laughs> this one, I've been telling people at work is like, uh, I'm totally confused as I'm reading it. So that to me is a sign that it's it's more like his older works. I mean, <laughs> he jumps, you know, from, from character to character and he'll tell in, intricate details about the character, but you can't, I, I don't remember one from the other yet. And this one's got, um, uh, remote controlled drones and one set of characters appears to be, I haven't gotten far enough to know for sure, appears to be in a f- in the future communicating with people in the past who don't realize the other people are from the future and there's a little bit of uh, gaming tilt in it and uh, all kinds of future tech. And uh, it's, it's, oh, man. it's one that exercises your, your brain as you read it. Definitely. It's not, not a quick read, but um, that's what I expect out of him. So I'm enjoying it. Nice. <clears throat> that's it. Well, excellent roundup. I would say you've had a you've had quite a week. So before we get into the news, I thought uh, it'd be a little interesting just to 
briefly recap our time uh, spent with the Evolve uh, beta that took place this over the weekend here. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Lucas, I don't remember. Did you get to play much of it during that first test? That Well, I played probably for one night, one night's worth, maybe like three or four games for uh, you're talking about the first time, right? You said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I played for like one night, probably. Um, I played, I think it was two or three games as a hunter of some sort, and then one as the creature. So, okay. which went, the creature one went oh, terribly. It was horrible. <laughs> I died in probably like the shortest amount of time possible to die in. So, yeah, I have no, I have no desire to really play as the monster. If I did, I'd be playing. It would be when I was playing by myself. But yeah. I don't know. This time around, though, I like the first time I played it. I didn't feel like I was getting that. Well, first of all, they didn't really have a good way for you to jump in and learn the ropes. I don't even think they have those tutorial videos yet or anything like that. Maybe they did, and I just didn't watch them. But uh, I definitely felt like this time around, I could figure out what I was doing a lot easier. And the the stress of being the person who doesn't know what they're doing on your team was lessened, of course, because we were, you know, it was me, you, and Steve, so that helped. But uh, it felt like it took a lot less time for me to get used to the mechanics of the game. I know they changed some of the the uh, perks and stuff that you can get, but I didn't really play long enough to be able to comment on that, really. But um, as far as being able to just pick up the game and play it, I felt a little bit more confident. And I think part of that was due to the, once you picked a character and w- was getting ready to get in the game and everything, they showed you, if you hadn't played that character before, they showed you a video of what all your powers were, which was nice. I feel like that was lacking last time. If not, I may have skipped it or something, but definitely this time around, I had a lot more fun with it. Uh, there were some frustrations, and I know that you share this this sentiment as well with the uh, the creatures that are lurking all around you, the environmental creatures, oh, basically. Oh, God, yes. That you're just walking around, and there were a lot of times where I felt like I wasn't even close to them, and they would snap me up, and there's a frog or something that pretends to be a boulder. Well, I say frog in a loose sense. It's not like frog frog but what what they would deem as a space frog and that thing just like i would be walking by it not really paying attention just trying to to stay on the track or you know watch the the dog daisy who tracks the monster down next thing i know i'm just i'm walking right into the this damn thing's mouth which part of the time i felt like i saw it beforehand you know like i'm like okay i'm i'm far enough away but i'd still get caught up in and uh, these stupid creatures that are I, I everywhere. I wish there was a way like you could like spam a key and get out, but no, you have yes. to, like a teammate has to rescue you, similar to like what you see in like Left for Dead when like a smoker, like one of the smokers grabbed you or something like that. It was yeah. just, just very frustrating because they would just hold you in there until you were dead. And ugh. Well, and there was that. I mean, the, we played probably two or three games maybe even four, where we weren't doing anything uh, for the whole round. It felt like, all right, well, we just ran around chasing the creature for, you know, 20 minutes and didn't really do anything and then lost. 
but something clicked finally. And I know part of it was you, you guys had played a, a little, a few more matches than I had and you were playing, you like to play as support. Steve was playing as um, the medic class and I was playing the, uh, the hunter or the trapper uh, trapper trapper. So they're responsible for putting down this dome that basically traps the, the creature so that it can't just keep running around. And I didn't know how that worked very well. So that was partially the problem too. But once I got the hang of that and figuring out how my stuff worked in the context of the game, instead of just being shown a video on this is how you use this. Um, it definitely worked out a lot better for us in the end. Yeah. Uh, we started winning games and um, we took down a few of the uh, creatures in some, in pretty quick time before they were able to, to evolve to level three, because at level three, the creature can basically end the game by going and destroying the power generator or whatever. Uh, and that's pretty much the whole point of the game is to keep that from happening. So once we were able to get our, you know, get it down pat and um, unlock a few things, we, I don't think we lost hardly at all towards not, the end. Not really. And I, I, it's, I'm so torn on this game because I, I was after the last test, I kind of knew what to expect, and I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't think I'd have a lot of fun with that. But that being said, I got in and started playing with you guys, and I mean, it was a blast. It was really fun, you know. Even though you're, we're doing like the same thing each on a different map every time, we're chasing down a monster and trying to, you know, kill it. It was still oddly fun, I guess, because the, the way the classes work together, and you're you're planning it's another, you know, another human, you know, you're not yeah. just going like against a bunch of CPUs, but. I'm so torn because it is fun, but I'm not, like, I just, I don't feel comfortable paying $60 for this. I agree. I just, I just don't feel like, I'm like, I'm worried that, okay, that was fun now. And yeah, like the games, the actual, uh, around can take, you know, 10 to 15 minutes relatively quick, but I'm like, how, what's the, what's the lasting power on that? Like how many times can I do that before I'm like, okay, I'm kind of, you know, tired of this. <laughs> I mean, I, I look at like Titanfall or battlefield yeah. uh, those are two games i bought right in i think i even i might have pre-purchased both of those and <sighs> battlefield especially like with all the problems they had at launch i just dropped that game right away and titanfall i couldn't even tell you the last time i played that and it, it's just i just don't want to like i'm very i scrutinize over every dollar i spend on games because i want the best bang for my buck and i was like right now i'd much rather would pay 15 dollars for uh, Shadowrun Dragonfall, uh, 10 bucks for Punch Out for Wii U, and then 10 bucks for Super Mario Galaxy 2, because I know I'm going to get a lot of value out of those games. Mm -hmm. And rather than spend $60 on this, I just like, I know Steve is all gung ho about it and looking to like jump in on it. I just, I'm very apprehensive about it. I agree. I agree. I listened to a podcast today and they were talking about complaining about how the unlocks work and how you have specific, you know, you don't just do things. You have specific um, objectives you have to meet. And like they're complaining like the trapper, I have to follow. Well, what's the uh, dog thing? Daisy. Daisy. You have to follow her so many meters and how hard it like he played for hours and he didn't even unlock the second trapper. But I was like, that's kind of BS because you you got that trapper. In the first time I played. Yeah, yeah, relatively quickly. You didn't have any problem unlocking that. So I don't quite agree with some of that. But I am disappointed how, you know, deals, you have to either grind it out to unlock the characters or you just buy, you know, if you pre-order, you get unlock all this stuff. They seem kind of really pushing DLC for this game. And 
that's kind of turns that me off too. Yeah, I don't really care for DLC most of the time anyway, so let alone in a multiplayer game. Yeah, and I think a quote from an article when this game was first coming out is like the, one of the devs had said that they built this game from the ground up to support DLC. And I'm like, so you're just coming out saying we we're right off the get go. We're telling the customer that we built this game to milk you for more money. And it's just like, eh, I don't eh, I don't like that kind of business practice. So, yeah, unless it's free DLC. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Or or if the Specify game is free that. or if the game is free to play. I mean, yeah. There's that too, so I don't know. I, I, at this point, I'm, I think I could be very content with waiting, and I'll buy this on a Steam sale in six months when it's like twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. When nobody else is playing it, <laughs> and then you can't get in a game. Yeah, <laughs> Dave, did you get a chance to test this at all? And, you know, did you ever get any um, invites to it? Or no, I wasn't in the this iteration. I was in the last. I don't remember if they called that a beta or the alpha test. Um, and the first time I tried it, the, for some reason, uh, I got stuck in as a monster and the controls weren't uh. even working for me. I thought I was running around for like five minutes and nothing, no, none of the button presses were working. I couldn't oh, climb anything. I, I couldn't eat anything. I was like, well, <laughs> that's enough of that. Um, but I played it a couple of days later after they had done some more patching. That was when a lot of people weren't even able to get in, I think, in the alpha. And then I played another night, and I don't know, it just it it felt like yeah, this most of the same thoughts. The there's just not enough there for me to think. It, you know, I, I could have fun with it for a couple hours, but w- what's what's to make me want to go back? Um, and and continue playing it right um it it felt like a game that is is gonna live or die based on the balance in the game i mean if you i'm sure it's gonna come out and people are gonna figure out one way or the other you know either as the hunters or as the monster to to you know to beat the system and basically win every time and that's never any fun either. So if it if it's not perfectly balanced, it's just it's not going to be fun for very long. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So yeah, um, uh, after playing the alpha, I was kind of like, it, I was excited before that. I went to PAX uh, East last year, and they had the big setup with the the I don't know. 15 20 foot tall monster at their booth and we were there on sunday which we usually do because it's a it's a lighter day and we couldn't even get in line to play because it was the line was maxed out every time we went by so everybody was interested in it and it you know i've I've played enough of uh left for dead especially left for dead 2 on the 360 and thought it could be cool but yeah once i played it i just didn't feel like it was going to have enough to keep me interested so i I don't i don't see me picking it up unless my my friends that i usually play with on friday nights force me to um, (laughs) which is always a possibility but that'll be something to keep an eye on who knows uh we'll keep you posted if anybody jumps in i don't expect that uh the philosophy will change though so yeah uh, it's just it's triple a development it's just something i'm very sketchy of i guess nowadays like it's most the hype of the stuff, machine yeah I, but i don't know most of the stuff i play now it's like all indie stuff on pc and then it's like first party nintendo stuff on my console so <laughs> uh, what a mix what a mix
Well, let's uh, let's move. Let's plunge forward here. Let's get into some of the news topics we had uh, for the show, starting with games. Uh, we looks like a, a leak took place of a new Total War game that's going to be set in the Warhammer universe. I couldn't tell wow. you the last time I played a Total War. I think probably it was Rome Total War uh, eons Jeez. ago. I was going to say, that's forever ago. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think uh, a whole lot of this has been released yet, but I guess it, it, this whole came out. There was a, in the copy of this Art of Total War book, it's scheduled to release on the 23rd, and apparently there's, I'm assuming this right here in the article, this page is from the artwork, and you can see that we've got the Warhammer uh those the dwarves fighting the orcs so um interesting spin you get the the fantasy aspect of the total war series which usually has been grounded in uh realistic uh warfare from gosh how far did it did it all did it stick in the rome era did they ever advance any further than that i'm not I'm not quite well, certain. I know it started with the um, oh, it had medieval total war, right? And then the yeah, medieval Rome. They had uh, Shogun total war. Shogun, yep. Okay. So uh, I'm not always, even going always to... interesting when you see some them get mishmashed and some stuff. I remember I've never even played a Warhammer game, so any of the miniatures or any of the where they have like Warhammer Online, what they have yeah. the Space Hulk, and then they've had some other Warhammer. Well, I was stuff. always confused by. I know that somebody who probably knows more about Warhammer is going to be like, "How could you be confused about it?" But there was the old um, Warhammer. I believe that. Uh... <laughs> exactly. There's the old Warhammer, which is like you know fantasy, and then there's also the Warhammer 40k, which is like the sci-fi stuff yeah. that I had played. Um, the stuff that Blizzard ripped off again. <laughs> <laughs> um, like Dawn of War and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that the people who I, I'm, I couldn't tell you what the numbers are, but I'm, I know a lot of people who've talked about Warhammer, so I'm sure it has a following. And I bet there's plenty of people out there who are looking forward to that kind of an announcement for their, their beloved property. Exactly. And moving on to a series that we revisit quite frequently, and I've already talked about on the show, uh, Shadowrun. The Hairbrain Schemes went back to Kickstarter to launch a new standalone expansion to uh, the highly successful Shadowrun Returns. Uh, this time we're going to Hong Kong, which was voted on, I believe uh, the original backers, I think they had a, a poll to select, just like they did with uh, Dragonfall, which was Berlin, uh, mm -hmm. the setting. So now we're going to Hong Kong. And this went up on, let me see, I think on Friday, and I think I think it went up on last week. And either way, it it had like it was successfully funded and within hours, if that. So uh, as of right now, they're sitting at twenty eight days to go. We're looking at fourteen thousand six hundred and nineteen backers with a total uh, pledge amount of five hundred and sixty thousand dollars. And $560,811. So, uh, shattered the goal of 100000 that they needed. Yeah. Uh, the, I guess the good thing is here, you're looking at having most, they're on pace probably to meet every single stretch goal. Uh, there's only two left now $600,000, which would give you an extra, add an extra side mission. And then a, if they hit 700, they'll revamp the matrix inside the game. So, um, I'm actually hoping to jump on this and just 
most likely at the $15 level, which gets you, you know, the game. And then I think um, you get the music download. Yeah, you get a digital copy of the game and then all the musical tracks as well, because I really love I really like the music that's been in the in those games. So uh, you've got a little more experience in Shadowrun Returns than I do uh, <clears> so <throat> far, but I'm hoping to hoping to pick up Dragonfall and start playing through that. But a game that, you know, I only had followed because of, you know, hearing you talk about it and then <laughs> was pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed it, you know, especially, you know, me and single player things. And I never, I hadn't really gotten to a whole lot of tactical um, games, especially not at like a role playing game like this. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, I, I think it's the, the whole setting and things like that. I really like that cyberpunk dystopian, you know, environments that you see and stuff like Blade Runner and things like that. So I think that's what really drew me in. And it's just, it's a cool, like I really like that Dead Man Switch story that was in the the original yeah. Shadowrun Returns. So definitely excited for more, especially if they revamp some of the the things people had problems with. So with each uh, expansion, I agree. I'm glad to hear that it was funded so quickly. I'm actually kind of surprised a little bit. I didn't think there was that many people who would, because the original game didn't get like a great review or anything like that. Yeah. But. Um, you know? I still that's one of my favorite podcast moments still this day when you're talking about yeah I'm I, I really want to get the expansion and I'm like uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure if you funded the game you get the expansion for free what oh shit I didn't know I had this serious <laughs> typing <laughs> oh no I mean oh yes <laughs> and then I still have yet to I I started it but have yet to actually play it so oh jeez jeez jeez. Uh, I thought this was fitting. I, I stumbled across this. I haven't checked this link out too much yet. Uh, PC Gamer talks about uh, how long will it take you to get through your uh, backlog? Because uh, I thought it was fitting because I am notorious for having all my games piled up. So uh, let's see here. It's called Steam Left, and it compiles data from howlongtobeat.com, uh, which is you know, a database that tells you uh, kind of aggregate of how long a, a game will take you to complete varying from just story to doing side missions all mm -hmm. yada, yada and then it compiles that um with pulls it from your your steam account so let's see here if i let's see if i can oh i don't know my steam id so let me see here let me just try to see if i can sign in here when i do sign in through steam it takes me to the french oh mine's not doing that so let's see oh god all right so for me to get through my Steam uh, profile, Fluxa, it would take you 1,106 continuous hours. Oh, God. 46 days, 2 hours, and 40 minutes of gameplay to complete your Steam library. That's not even two months. You can do it. <laughs> it also <laughs> says, in this, in this time, I could ride on the Titanic maiden voyage 59 times. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if that's with or without the iceberg. God, that's depressing. Because every once in a while, I think, man, maybe one of these days I'm gonna, I'm gonna tackle it. I'm gonna just dig in there and start playing stuff. Good God, forty-six days. Wow. I am a quitter, Dave. I am a quitter. How many games do you have on your list? Uh, hold on. Looks like my total list is ninety-five. That's not even that bad. With 50 installed. But I mean, a lot of these are like stuff I've played before. Like, And then you have all the the, the stuff that uh, Valve throws in there with Half-Life 2 and all the expansions and then the multiplayer and this and that. Mm -hmm. 
Huh. It's eye opening. It can't it can't find me and if I could get to the English version of this thing that would that's do weird. it. Mine pulled up. Mine pulled up. No problem. I'm probably being hacked as we speak and that's Bonjour. Hey, so, somebody's stealing all your games right now. Bonjour. Nos constantos que vous vous connectez sur Steam. <laughs> I don't you, know what you're saying to me. Use Google Translate. <laughs> oh gosh. So that I can like mistranslate. Oh, mistranslate. <laughs> yeah, I found mistranslate. Uh, I found a selector for the um, language that I wanted to tell me things in. And where is English? Why is there no English? Well, while you're still doing that, I'll keep moving forward here. Uh, recap from, uh, I, gosh, I don't know when these numbers were published, but uh, not a real big surprise here that uh, PlayStation 4 was the most sold console of 2014 in the United States and globally. Uh, apparently, Sony had told this to GameSpot in a statement uh, was published on the 15th. Uh, it's the fastest selling console in PlayStation history selling 18.5 million units in the 14 month 14 months since its launch. I guess it's important to note that uh, X Microsoft has made rapid strides to close that gap after just getting pummeled out the gate. So I think those I mean those price drops really helped them and not forcing the connect on everyone, but Mhm. <sighs> one day, maybe one day we will own one of these machines, but I don't know. It's so hard to say. I, I I don't have enough time to play everything I have now so it's hard to stomach a the jumping in point of what that costs and i'm really just dutch that's what it all comes down to <laughs> i'm cheap and dutch that's why my wife calls me van lacy well stop it go no, out and spend money like never. like you should i know I, i'm not Gosh. helping the economy what's no. wrong with me do your part i'm trying I should follow your example. I mean, your son saved up his money and bought a console, then you got one. Ah. Yeah, just start cranking out some kids and you can have consoles too. <laughs> Step one, kids. Step two, mm. Step three, consoles. Well, I, I suppose like it. technically it might be cheaper if you just buy the console, but I don't know. <laughs> That's how I did it. <laughs> Must be the right way. <laughs> And uh, to finish up games, we'll briefly go over the uh, Nintendo had a direct last week, mainly to announce they have yet another version of a 3DS coming. Uh, if this link wants to pull up for me. If not, I'm going from memory. Oh, there we go. Thank God, because I would have been bad. Uh, 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 we have a bunch of trailer announcement trailers. Is that all I've got here? Yep. Okay. So... They revealed a, a new Fire Emblem game in the series for 3DS. Um, this crazy puzzle in Dragon Z. It was like kind of like Bejeweled, but it's like some crazy Japanese puzzle game that's on 3DS, um, along with a Pokemon Shuffle for 3DS. Um, showed off some new uh, footage from Codename Steam, which is like their kind of a flagship uh strategy game that's coming out for the 3ds and they've announced that they would actually get uh pretty actually really good amiibo support with implementing the fire emblem characters uh when you use them as an amiibo they'll actually appear as a character inside the game 
Uh, we saw some updated footage for Kirby and the Rainbow Curse for the Wii U. Uh, I believe a, a release date was also announced. They showed a little bit of a Majora's Mask for the 3DS, but they also really pushed that, the, hey, we got the new 3DSs coming out, but don't you want the limited Majora's Mask edition of the 3DS? Uh, we saw a trailer for Mario Party, Mario Party 10, some more footage for Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, as well as Xenoblade Chronicles X. Uh, they've got more Amiibo coming. They announced the uh, launch date for what's this, Wave 4, and... Uh, they showed a, a, another a line of Amiibo that will be coming out going along with the Mario Party 10. Um, I wasn't really seeing a whole lot I was going to get hyped for this because I knew it was focusing on anything that was like a spring release. Um, I'm really probably waiting towards E3 before you see a lot more out of Splatoon and maybe you know finally get to see a new Star Fox and the Zelda, more footage from the Zelda game. But I am kind of interested in the, 3D, the new 3DS. Um, I haven't had a... a portable game console since the original DS. Um, it'd be fun for like Mario Golf and there's a couple other games that they could be fun to get, but I just, it's hard. Um, it's really hard to justify when I, I bought my Wii U for like $200 and then like this 3DS is like 180 It's, I, I don't know how I can swing that too much, but uh, I guess it's what Nintendo does well. It, it's just I, the way they market this, you know, they it's just it's just there with the Wii U. You know, you have the D the 3DS, but now we have the new 3DS XL, and it's just, and then they, they decide not to you know bundle a a power a charging cable an AC adapter with it too, and it's just kind of a kind of a scratch your head moment. So I don't know Nintendo, I just don't know. That was what everybody uh, online seemed to be losing their mind about was just the fact that it didn't come with the the power supply. Yeah, I think those were the most I saw. Was that there was no the, the power supply wasn't there, and oh my god, a, a Zelda bundle, we must buy it. But yeah, the the naming thing is very perplexing. That you're just throwing new on the front of it, and mm -hmm. <laughs> a parent's gonna go in and and anything they buy in the store is new to them so they're going to call it new yeah. and which one is that and yeah and uh, i mean I, I ran into that when i when i bought my wii u because you know my my wife was like well you if you want a wii we can probably just have my parents you never use that and <laughs> just like guys at work um everybody thought have... it was just the controller yeah. right they thought yeah. it was just the new the new pad there they thought it was just an add-on and i think that part of it i think i don't remember it quite from memory but whatever i think it was e3 when they first showed it, showed it off they didn't even have the system there the they, console, just had the game, yeah. they just had the game pad right yeah so that's what people thought it was so it's just kind of a head scratching thing nintendo uh i love you but you really do confusing things a lot of the time and that'll that'll wrap up the the gaming segment. So let's move on to some movies here. Uh, not too lot of movies and television. I picked some. Uh, gosh, Dave, I, I feel like Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. are up your alley. <laughs> um, I was thinking it's funny because I remember I remember I was tweeting one day. I, I, I don't somehow I had time to actually sit and Escape from New York was on. Um, I had never seen it. This was only maybe a year ago or last summer or something, and I was watching it and um, 
I think it led me to send a question. I sent a question into one of the podcasts about, you know, our um, reminiscing about old games. And is that, you know, is, is it, do people ever really go back and play them? Because I watch Escape from New York with a with a current mindset, and and I have to say it was it was really horrible. <laughs> the, <laughs> the whole thing was just so hokey and and dumb, and and just looked so outdated. And I was like, uh, I think I yeah, I think the question I asked was I compared it to like arcade games. I still go to uh an arcade uh here in new hampshire um that claims i I don't know if it's correct but they claim to be the world's largest arcades fun spot new hampshire up in new hampshire and um like i still love playing those games but i i know that they you know compared to current games they look like crap but i still have an awful lot of fun playing the old arcade cabinets so um, that was my question was like, how come, how come I can do that with a game? But I look at escape from New York and it, it just looked so horribly out, outdated to me. <laughs> I can't remember when I, I know I've watched it, but I, I don't like remember. Do you, do you remember how, it? do you remember how snake gets into New York? No. Via a high tech glider. <laughs> they tow it up into the air and then let it go and he like crash lands it into the side of a of a of a building but it was a it was a glider oh my gosh awesome. i need to watch this now <laughs> it's really bad <laughs> but i did not see the la one uh, i do like kurt russell and um I don't know. Just that movie did not do it for me by the time I got around to seeing it. Mm. Well, Lucas, you can add it to your your DVD queue, but it's not available to stream anywhere, apparently. Oh. Too bad. I'll get them back to back. Yeah. yeah. The whole reason we uh, brought this up is apparently 20th Century Fox has won the remake rights, and uh, it looks like John Carpenter has signed on to be executive producer. So... Mm. Maybe we'll have a super high-tech glider now to look forward to. Um, <laughs> let me see. Does not have a director. Um, looks like they got producers signed. Shia on. LaBeouf, though, right? He's gonna play something in there. Oh, oh. God, <laughs> I'm not. I'm done with it then. Shia LaBeouf as Snake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I heard that he gets really uh, serious about his roles, so maybe he'll actually pull one of his eyeballs out to <laughs> wear the eye patch. <laughs> I, okay, that I can get behind. There you go. Uh, a little more info coming out about uh, Captain America Civil War. And by info, I mean not much at all. Let's see here. We have <laughs> teaser. A, t- a couple of teasers that came yeah. out. Uh, we'll quote here. This is from screenwriter, one of the screenwriters, Stephen McFeely. Um, how idea how adapting the civil war series into a film and has been an option and it's been on and off the table for a while let's put it that way and it's a challenge to do it and make sure all the characters that we've established and everyone's established in the mcu are service and, and sound correct right because the difference between the characters in civil war which was written in 2006 and 2007 the mcu doesn't exist when that was written so there isn't a robert downey jr or chris evans who has helped create the character so we need to make sure that the template gets adjusted and what have you in order to make sure it services these characters and not just sort of rip off their parts and make them look like them. 
hmm. this being their third Captain America script and the second film for Anthony and Joe Russo at the helm, why did Marvel choose to bring them back? And I think the part of the reason for bringing this back and bringing back the Russo brothers is because Marvel is very pleased with Winter Soldier aesthetically. I think it's a really adult movie. It's very well made, and there's partly the texture of the movie. You can argue it's the most realistic of the Marvel movies, whether whatever that is to you. I think it's fair to say that a Russo Brothers movie will stay in that vein. Uh, I mean, very basic. Not much of a tease at all. And then they, they talk about... Uh, asked about how Peggy Carter might play into Civil War, given the relationship that she had with Steve Rogers and Tony's father, Howard Stark. Um, not really... Well, not much. They said they've had conversations and they pitched some scenes, but it doesn't really play into how that'll all work. So I'm, I'm interested in how this is going to tie into the, the cinematic universe and if it's going to be as destructive and crazy as how uh, Civil War was in the comics. Most importantly, I just want it to be May so I can watch Age of Ultron. <laughs> I feel like it's always good to keep the writers. I mean, you can keep that tone going throughout a you know, trilogy or whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm always scared of. You see a lot in television series that they lose the writers in between seasons, and then it's like, oh, God, what's going to happen? Is it going to be complete shit? Yeah. Because you always just think back during the writer's strike and what happened to, like, remember how awesome Heroes was when it first came out? And then after the writer's strike, <laughs> it just went, Bruh. Well, at least with TV, you have, like, usually a group of writers where with movies, hopefully, the, usually the the least amount of people is is what you would want so that it doesn't just get watered down and filtered down into six people's different ideas as they're all working on it separately from each other or whatever yeah <clears throat> uh last piece i have covers some uh television news and i've seen this this pop up this headline uh a couple times with a little more info so i'm, I'm hoping that it's possible uh x-files might return to television could return to television i should say uh, there's been the occasional talk of a third film, but there's been recent chatter about bringing the show itself back to TV in a form or another, whether that be a reboot or bringing the original team back in place. And it, it says that uh, U.S. Fox uh, Network bosses Dana Walden and Gary Newman have said they're definitely considering the idea. And I think even recently that uh, Chris Carter and I think uh, Jillian Anderson and David Duchovny have even and talked about things too and I think they would all be on board as well so I I was really young when the X-Files originally aired so I didn't mm -hmm. it kind of freaked me out so I didn't really I didn't really watch it much and then as I got older you know I did and I remember seeing what was the first film called The Fight the Future or was that the second one I can't remember I know I saw the first film in theaters and I still I don't I think I saw the second one on, on Netflix I can't really remember much of the plot so maybe I'll have to watch them both again or um and I, I, I've mentioned this in the show before. I it, very slowly trying to work my way through the entire uh, series of, of the X-Files. So it's supernatural, stuff like that. It's cool. I like it. So I'd love to see it come back. I, I think that uh, Duchovny and Anderson always had good chemistry on screen, and I like those characters that they play. So I'd love to see uh, X-Files, whether it be come back again as a movie or television. Do you think that they should be kind of like playing different roles on the show or do you think that they should come back as the team that goes out there doing what they did before mm, that's difficult to say that's difficult to say i could see them in in more of like a 
um, mentor role to like a, a new team. I feel that's like the sole way to do things though. Now it's like, oh, we're bringing back the old characters to mentor a new team. That's that gonna is go true. Out and take care of things. That is true. They so. actually don't look too bad. I mean, no. Giving given this photograph whenever that was but i know uh jillian anderson's on a she's got a netflix original series i haven't i it's in my queue i've wanted to check it out i can't remember what it's called and then what i think the company still is californication still this i don't know if that's still i going think or not. it was just wrapping up i think this was the last season okay so i mean they're still going i say make it happen make it so fox <laughs> you can't just show family guy and the simpsons all the time and Bob's Burgers. You need more. Yeah, no kidding. Get something that doesn't involve drawing cartoons. <laughs> and after we talked about how tech was gone, tech is back this week with one article. A million-dollar robot suit is available on Amazon Japan. So, Dave, uh, you know, Christmas is coming pretty soon. <laughs> I could use a giant robot suit. Couldn't we all? <laughs> uh, it's something called, like, I'll just paraphrase here. A few years ago, we wrote about a, something called the Kuratas, a robotic mech suit that allowed the wearer to fire a BB Gatling gun whenever they smile at their soon-to-be-vanquished enemies. <laughs> That's creepy. When it appeared in 2012, everyone thought it was a funny joke. Now it's available on Amazon Japan for $1 million. It's a, it's a robot. It's obviously a bit hobbled, so the powers don't want us going all mech warrior down at the local mall. So it's about <laughs> moves about five miles per hour, and you can buy the... <laughs> You can buy the arms separately. Uh, created as more of an art project, Otaku Exciter. The Kuratas is a real, albeit expensive thing, and be an excellent graduation of Bar Mitzvah present. I, for one, welcome our huge Japanese robotic mecha overlords. Yeah, that's. it looks cool, but uh, I don't need a souped-up lawnmower for a million dollars. No, it's no... Uh... What were those? What were the machines called in? Um, in my Japanese Pacific animes? Rim? No, in Pacific Rim, Jaegers. Jaegers. It's no Jaeger, so don't want it. Can't fight any kaiju with that thing. That's true. In this picture, it looks like there's silly string all over that wheel, and it keeps bothering <laughs> me. I know. Looks like it rolled through some glue or something. It does kind of look like a transform. Look, looks like a transformer, and that uh, <laughs> the paint job and the the design of it, but hmm. as long as it doesn't go sentient yet and BBS to hell, we're all right. <laughs> we'll have to wear eye protection at all times. Yes. All times. And that's all I got for the news this week. That was it. That, that was, was the it. journey. That was the ride. And it was exciting. <laughs> I can, I can see Clearly. how thrilled, I can see how thrilled both of you are. I've lulled you into a, a sense of nappy time. So now I'm going to bring you back with an overclocked remix selection that was suggested by another than our own Graham G Hammocks, fourteen. I can't remember his Twitter name off my head, so yeah, I apologize, Graham. That's it. He's stalking me on Instagram now, though. It's cool. <laughs> we made peace with it, so it's all good. Uh, nice. He had suggested at the same time as well, Dave here about uh, some couple of remix options and. Uh, Graham had wanted us to pick a Duke Nukem 3D remix. Well, guess what? There was only one to choose from. So, <laughs> um, we're going to uh, back to a, a remix by Maze Dude, who I believe we we featured on here at least one other time. Um, he's got a remix called All Out of Gum. 
uh, for Duke Nukem 3D, which was released way back in 1996 on MS-DOS. This is actually his 50th remix on Overclock's remix, so it was a, it was a big deal. And I, I think actually this you'll, you'll find that this has got a kind of a Halloween theme, and that's because it did get posted right on uh, October of it's like October 31st, 2010. So if you wonder why it's got a kind of got a creepy overtone to it, it's not, uh, it was intentional. So sit back and enjoy a lot of gum from uh, Duke Nukem 3D. Frankenstein. The rumors are true.
given life 200 years ago. I am like none other. You have strength and speed and stamina, far beyond that of any human. You could use those gifts in a war that you are already a part of. save the human race. Nothing can stop their demise. Come with me. There's an entire army of monsters like me. Tens of thousands of them. Could mean the end of all mankind. So much to uh, Jason's chagrin last yes. week's this week's last week's Netflixation was I Frankenstein, the uh, sci-fi fantasy action thrill supernatural horror creature feature. Uh, yes. Netflix had described it as this. Adam Frankenstein is still hunted decades after his creation, although now his pursuers are opposing demons seeking the mystery of his longevity. And it's just as confusing as you would assume that a uh, description, a synopsis like that would would uh, synopsis be. synopsis isn't correct because they had no interest in his longevity. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't. care. They want to know how he was created, not how why yeah. he lived so long. It's It's a bit misleading for sure. Um, so yeah, basically what happens is from, from what I've gathered, I have, I have read the original, uh, novel Frankenstein and from what I, what I, what I saw and from what I remember, it, it basically takes place directly after the ending of the, of the novel. And that comes into play for probably like two minutes in the movie. Yeah, and then the yeah. rest after that is like, just just throwing the novel on the ground and stomping on it and lighting on fire. Uh, so Frankenstein's monster, which has yet to be named Adam, but it gets named Adam. He gets named Adam. He, not it, as they say in the movie. Uh, so he's walking around basically after he he's done his deed of burying it, or he's going to bury his master after he dies from uh, frostbite or whatever. And uh, when he's doing this, he gets attacked by demons which they he is then saved by gargoyles for some reason they're the they're the uh good guys in the, in the film against yeah. the demons it's never i did you ever pick up why they were gargoyles i don't remember them yeah, ever yeah it, it says 
like when they're first explaining that, they say something about why they were they were gargoyles as guardians or something like that, and how humans just think they're they're decorations. Decorations. But, I re- yeah. Now I, I recall. Mean, I, a I like bit. that you get to see. I like. It's interesting. At least it's something different that you haven't seen in a while. It's like oh, gargoyles. Okay, that's that's different, but. And it yeah. was still, it was interesting. Let's just yes. let's leave it at that. Yes. So, so Adam goes with these guys because they saved him or what? Well, he didn't really have a choice. He was captured by them because he was knocked out by the demons. And uh, they found his, the uh, Frankenstein's personal journal, basically retelling everything he did to bring um, his monster back to life. Uh, and I, which I think is funny in this little part because they like, they're really nice to him. They tell him everything that's going on. They give him weapons, which was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Cause they were like, you know, Hey, here's some weapons. You need these because they're inscribed with whatever on them that, that will kill them as opposed to normal weapons. And then he chooses some weapons that are in there. They're like tonfas. They're like batons, really heavy maces without, I mean, they're like metal clad sticks, basically. Um, and the guy's like, you don't want those. They're slow and heavy and blunt. And I'm thinking to myself, why do you have them in there then? If they're the crappiest <laughs> weapon, then why even keep them around? I don't understand. But he picks them anyway. And um, then he's like, all right, well, thanks for these weapons. And I'm not going to join you. I'm going to wander around for 200 years, basically, because this is uh whenever whenever that's supposed to be 1800s i think um and then so basically they skip through all that 200 years until the present day or, or whatever it is and um so you know who knows what happened during that entire time but not a lot apparently uh and then finally, he talks about how eventually they were going to come to to find him. So instead, he decided to find them first and fight them. So at some point, he changed his mind about hiding and decided to start fighting them, kind of like Blade or something. And um, so there's like a scene where in the present day, he goes to a um, club or something like that and finds a demon, starts kicking its ass and the gargoyles get involved again and say, Hey, you can't, you can't just go out there and start making a, making a ruckus of the place because they'll find out like humans will find out what's going on. And apparently that's bad. I don't, I don't understand how they don't know what's going on considering apparently after 8 PM, everyone leaves the streets, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Um, (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, So basically he finds out that this demon prince has survived this 200 years and he's trying to figure out how to make more of Adam, basically, make more Frankenstein monsters because uh, apparently he doesn't have a soul having been brought back to life in, in the way that he was. So they're basically vessels that the demons can inhabit to come back to the earth or, you know, stay on this in this realm or whatever. And eventually throughout the story or through story means they get a hold, the bad guys get a hold of uh, the journal that tells them how to do the, how to do this. And the gargoyles and Adam together, they uh, end the plan before it can come to fruition. It, It really is about as simple as that. I mean, there's some other thing, little things that happen here and there, uh, a scientist character or whatever, but really, that's about all you need to know as far as what happens in this movie. 
Um, so let's talk about what I liked. I, I do find it funny too how the plot it just kind of you know it, it just kept moving forward. It like started and then there was never any like segueing. It was just like constantly moving, moving, and just the this constant sequence. Yes. Yeah. You know? it, there's no twist or turn. There's no plot twist or anything. It's just straightforward as it yeah. can get. It was it was quite easy to listen only to really get mostly audio for that last half hour. I didn't really feel like I missed a whole lot. I mean, you only can see so much uh, slow motion uh, executions and particle effects fire through CG. So fire swirlies. But I digress. Um, I mean, given the nature of the of the film, I was kind of glad that the story was straightforward and easy to follow because. I didn't really want to invest much time or effort into it. So I guess I'm glad that it wasn't really convoluted or anything so that I could, like you said, just kind of treat it as a popcorn flick and not really pay attention to it, turn my brain off. Um, There's a lot of CG in the movie, tons of it. Uh, Some of it looked pretty good. I like the way that the, the, the gargoyles looked. They, I mean, they don't look, like real gargoyles or whatever, but they looked cool, I guess. And the, I really liked the way that they uh, turned back into humans. Like their wings were their a part of their costume, so their wings kind of come back around them, and then they turn into humans, and and everything goes back to normal or whatever. So that was pretty cool. I thought that was interesting. Um, it was short, which is always nice <laughs> in a movie like this. I mean. I'm glad it wasn't two hours, so... I like how it had, uh, is it... How do you pronounce his last name? Is it Bill Nighy or Nihi? I don't know. How do you I'm not it? sure. I think it's Nighy. Nighy? I think I it's Nighy. I just, I like, I love, like, I like him as a voice actor, and I'm like, I've, I think one of the, unfortunately, one of the first things I ever got introduced to him by was, like, Underworld and then, like, Pirates of the Caribbean, but this, this is pretty much, if you like Underworld, you're gonna like this movie, because that's exactly what it feels like as an Underworld film. Yeah, I actually have that in one of my dislikes. This was basically Underworld all over again, except replace gargoyles with vampires, and demons with werewolves. <laughs> or the other way around. I don't... It, once again, it's confusing as to who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. Um, but yeah, he he has an amazing talent to take a role as ridiculous as that was and make it um cool i guess or at least interesting to watch he he doesn't seem ridiculous in the role so that that always helps because you want your bad guy to at at the very least seem believable so he did that much at at the very least um now what i disliked i mean it's pretty clear given what how we're talking about this movie it it was written I, I liken it to an 80s Saturday morning cartoon. The bad guys are bad. The good guys, who for some reason look like bad guys, are good. And there's no question as to who, where anybody's loyalties lie. Everyone's good who's good. Everyone's bad who's bad. There's no plot twist or anything. Really, the only person who changes hardly at all besides Adam, which is like not much of a change at all, but is the scientist character because she's kind of working for the bad guy, but then she has a change of heart when she realizes what's going on and who he is. So out of anybody, I would say she had the most, um, the most um, considerable story arc or character arc. Um, Adam is boring as all hell. 
I know, Dave, I know you were talking about before the show, you found his, his um, character character to be quite wooden in his delivery. And, and uh, yeah, I was I just can... assuming that that was his, you know, what he was trying to do for that character. Because I, <laughs> I know he's been in other things and he can, he can act accordingly. And that was just, yeah, he delivered the lines like he was Frankenstein, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he he's the stereotypical anti-hero, and to me, he didn't really have much motivation. And and then, like all of a sudden, this person's nice to him for once in two hundred years, and then he's like, "Oh, maybe I should save the human race." Whereas to me, I feel like after all that time, he would just be more and more bitter and wouldn't could care less, I suppose. So I thought that to be a really weak. I didn't really understand why he was helping them all of a sudden. How how forced did you feel the love interest was as well? Oh, it was terrible. I wouldn't even. It wasn't even really a love interest. So I mean, it was more like she was fascinated by this creature to me. Like that's how it came off to me. So I was like cringing the entire time when I'm like, oh, please don't let them like oh, fall look in at love his or muscly scarred chest. Disgusting. <laughs> you know, for somebody who was just sewn together, he really looks pretty good. Actually, it's like. <laughs> Man, that came together pretty well. You should be proud. Um, yeah, we talked about how it's basically underworld all over again. And uh, yeah, why are the streets always empty in this city? It's it's ridiculous. There's never a car going by. They show like the one scene where they, he goes into that that establishment and there are people there. But other than that, other than like the scientists at that building where um, the prince demon is, other than that, there's like nobody in this world. It's it's so ridiculous. Well, I don't understand. At the end, there's this huge explosion, and then there's all these gargoyles <laughs> just hovering in the air. Who the hell doesn't see that? Yeah, or all the demons jumping off from the rooftops towards the church, yes. which is in the middle of the city. The humans have no idea this war is going on. Well, no shit. They don't look up in the air, apparently, ever. <laughs> I know. Like, when the... Well, that's another thing. Like, when... When they kill a demon, they get descended. And when they kill a gargoyle, they get ascended. It's like, it couldn't be more... What's the laziest way I could go about describing the way that they die? Uh, let's just take two two um, words that are on the opposite spectrum of each other and just call it good. Um, yeah. Yeah, when they ascend, there's like this huge beam of light in the sky that like lights up the entire area. It's ridiculous. Not to mention all the fire that's going on. Uh, it, it's lazy. It's the laziest of, of uh, writing as far as I'm concerned. Well, they just won't think about it. We'll, we'll just make the world so that it's not even a concern for them. Um, that sounds good to me. Yep. It's easy that way. You don't have to think. Uh, it's easy. Okay. The technicals of what I disliked the some of the CG looked good but there were some particular parts where Adam would fight with one of the gargoyles or something like that that would pick him up and kind of make him fly around and man every time it cut to his face while he was being carried by something it just looked terrible it was so green screened and just even his reactions to what was happening was just awful I I told Dave I would if I was the director and saw that I would have cut them because they looked so bad and out of place. It was ridiculous. Mm. And then I mean, at some point you start to realize because I know you even texted me, Jason, when you were watching it. 
it's it gets to be overload for the computer graphics. You kind of realize that you're basically watching an animated film with some human, like some actual realism set in there for about, I don't know, 20% of the movie. The rest of it's just computer graphics all the way. So after a while, you kind of get numb to all the fiery explosions. And there's a ridiculous amount of like every demon that dies has this fiery wisp that comes out of it and circles around for five minutes until finally going back into the underworld or wherever it goes. So it gets to be a little bit uh, sensory overload. Uh, and I think this is a good example of uh, the kind of movie you'd get if if the people who wrote Gallo Walkers got a lot of money, got millions of dollars to spend on a movie. I mean, this really was like that that depth of storytelling. So um, it's a it's a warning to to any anybody out there who's into who's mo- making movies like this that uh thankfully don't have a lot of money to to make it to the expanded audience of of uh today's theaters so yes uh, is there anything i missed is there anything that you guys wanted to comment on i'm i'm sure i'm sure that uh either one of you has at least one thing to say other than i hated it um uh- I don't know if I can describe it without without spoiling this awesome movie, but <laughs> <laughs> when um when the scientist character goes back and is now being forced to help create this this uh, Frankenstein army, and she outright refuses the the lead bad guy and says, "I'd rather die." <laughs> yes. He then convinces her to do it by killing someone she likes. Yes, I thought I was that like, was weird too. <laughs> she just said she'd rather die. So what does she? Why does she care that? If he had said he was gonna kill the guy, maybe that would be reason to do it. But once she killed him, it's like okay, well he's dead, and I, I'm not gonna resurrect him because he's just gonna be another idiot like this Frankenstein guy. So I did. I didn't understand the motivation there at all. No, that that was definitely terrible because you're thinking to yourself, well, how do, yeah, like you said, how does that change? So is he going to kill her too? No? Oh, <laughs> she's just going to do it? Yeah, it was just immediate. Oh, okay. Well, now now <laughs> I got to resurrect him and show you exactly how it's done. Well, yeah, and it's weird that she's she didn't like – she it moved her to do it by the fact that he killed – this guy who she's clearly worked with for some time and then she's going to bring him back to life so that a demon can possess his body that seems like more reason not to do it why are you continuing to do it i was really hoping for zombie rat (laughs) zombie rat that would be awesome zombie rat army that would have been sweet i think that's our episode note zombie Zombie rat Rat army zombie rat army title of the show i love it yeah it's as simple as that i love it when a plan comes together Ooh. and i told you earlier i thought i didn't understand his obviously the monster doesn't have good logic but he he starts off monologuing complaining about the fact that he was created and he didn't want to be created Mm -hmm. uh, and that the scientist gave him life so then he decides he's going to take the scientist's wife's life and I was like, that, what, what kind of math is that? Yeah, that's a prime example of, of telling and not showing. They should have, I mean, granted, they were kind of, you know, showing you a little bit, but only what he said. And 
having read the novel, I know there's a reason in there. I can't remember. It's been a few years, but it has something to do with because I think he he does try to destroy him. And so he takes that personally because um, he's trying to become considered more of a human like he's really trying the the monster is and like the village goes up against him and and uh he won't be accepted so he goes crazy and starts killing people i don't remember but it would have been nice if they would have clarified that a little bit more and hey you know you have maybe take some of the money away from the graphics budget and uh you know go through this script make one more time and make sense of it yeah oh gosh so so much bad and there there was i guess, i think late in the movie there was some attempt to say that his whole the uh, frankenstein's whole motivation was that he wanted someone to make him basically a mate someone uh, yeah, that was yeah, like yeah. him because so he wouldn't be alone and it was like well he never said that the, the whole rest of the movie <laughs> he just liked liked um turning you know demons into dust and that was yeah that was what he did who wouldn't i mean oh and that actually reminded me for some reason on a um side note i thought that the girl scientist uh, i forget her name um the actress who plays her i'm like man she looks really familiar as i'm watching the movie turns out she plays a character uh, well the character is based off her uh, physical features as well as her voice um in mass effect 2 and 3 miranda lawson so like the whole time i'm just like why does she look so damn familiar and then i realized i looked it up and i'm like oh that's right she's uh um miranda lawson from mass effect ah. so that makes sense so uh yeah now now the important question of course is was it entertaining and fun and for this one it was a difficult um it was kind of difficult because on on one hand it's a popcorn movie like there's action there's fiery dazzling effects to to blow your mind um but honestly i have to say if i'm comparing it to other movies of the same genre it's it's boring i mean there are there are better movies to watch in this same category of movie that i would rather be watching and quite frankly are done better so in that sense i have to say no it it wasn't really that entertaining and fun it was kind of a ha a chore to sit through and somewhat of a confusing chore at that uh netflix's guess for me was a 1.5 and that is what i rated it um it's not the worst movie i've ever seen but it's uh it just it is so mediocre that it it kind of fails on every on every aspect of of a good film so I don't know what what are your what are your guys's star ratings? I I ended up giving it a two and a half. Whoa, two to two and a half because I I did you know it wasn't I didn't hate it. You had really low expectations. I had, yeah, exactly. I had I guess that maybe that's it. I had horrible expectations going into it, and it wasn't it wasn't that bad. I mean, I just it felt it was kind of uh, it didn't leave a lot to be desired. You know, it's kind of a I don't know if you want to say it was a popcorn movie, but. Uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm, it wasn't the right genre for me. I'm kind of over that whole, anything with zombie with, uh, excuse me, werewolves, vampires, uh, gargoyles now add that to the mix. I, I don't want anything to do with it. So yeah. Dave. Um, I was thinking right around two, I guess if they could put, what was, what was her name from the, from the, 
the other series, Kate Beckinsale. Is that the actress's yeah. name? Yep. Yeah, if they had put in her in there, I could have given it a couple more stars, but... Yeah, she's nice to look <laughs> at, so... Yeah, she's not bad. Um, and then I was just thinking, as Lucas was talking, picture... I know how they could have fixed this. You, you, you take that actor out, you put in Schwarzenegger as I. Frankenstein, <laughs> and you give him some great quips, you know, when he kills the demons and um you need to you know, chill out it would have been a perfect 90s um action flick yes that would even be better at least then i felt like they were trying to go for something we do have a, a grab bag feedback that we can go into on the movie oh nice would you the like first, to take I think care the of that? first i think the first ever for a netflix station Holy by cow. another than mr paulo himself all right Give right away i want to say i really liked it it was a fun movie what? and an entertaining one, which is what we're looking for, right? The whole time I watched it, I was thinking of it as a comic book movie, something that I expect to see in some crazy comic. But here's the thing. The movie probably had a hard time pleasing the audience because the bar for comic booky movies has already been set too high by Marvel and DC. But heck, it had a crazy villain. It had an unusual hero, an intelligent love interest, and some cool action scenes. That's my two cents. I really liked it, and I'd give it four out of five flux to points. Wow. Now on to the next one. Keep up the great job. Also, talk more about farts. Podcasting, more of that. Cheers. <laughs> A glowing recommendation from one Mr. Paulo. Good to hear from you, by the way. And if you go to what Dave said, too, about how it was from a graphic novel. Yes, that does make then, more then sense. Then it kind of makes more that. sense. So if, coming from that standpoint. So I can see where Paulo's coming from. Uh, I feel I, like it's I, more of an excuse than a <laughs> than a reason as to why it's so. Terrible. And you have to imagine that a graph the graphic novel was probably better written, and somehow they they regressed. Oh, definitely <laughs> converting well, it to a movie. A lot of Frankenstein. A lot of the imagery looks like panels from a comic book, but a lot of the like, and you can definitely get away more with dialogue Dude. looser dialogue in a graphic novel than you could in a movie but uh, it just it just was so bland <laughs> on every aspect which is weird to say about a movie that has gargoyles and demons in it but shall we talk about uh shall we cleanse the palette and talk about next week's net netflixation make it so i shall Next week, next week's Netflixation is a movie called Detachment. It's an indie drama that uh, Netflix described as this. After a disenfranchised substitute teacher is assigned to an inner city school, he finds himself becoming involved with his students and colleagues. Uh, you may know Adrian Brody from Predators, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. He was the uh, douchey guy in that movie. Um... Marsha Gay Harden from Mystic River and The Mist. I, I, I saw a picture of her. She didn't look familiar, but uh, she kind of looks like another actress that I don't know the name of. So I was like, oh, it's that person. Oh, no, it isn't. Well, never mind. And oh, yeah, uh, I remember her. Directed by Tony Kay, which uh, he directed American History X and not a lot else. Uh, Lake of Fire, which is a documentary, but a I was very surprised. Lake of Fire. Oh, wait. <laughs> That's... That's that's not even that's, it at that's all. Not it. That's Jeez. not it at all. So uh, Netflix's guess for me was a, a lofty five stars. So oh, surprise, surprise! An indie fartsy movie gets a five prediction yeah. for Lucas. Well, we'll see. We'll see. 
Ouch, you wound me. You wound me, good sir, with I, your I do have to say, snake I, tongue. When I was on Netflix, I saw, uh, I added this to my queue just based on uh, Automata, Automata. I don't know yes. 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 Automata. So I was yeah. like, I, I really enjoyed that comic series on Penny Arcade. And I was like, what? They're ripping off Penny Arcade. And I looked at it. And I was like, wow, this sounds like the plot for iRobot. I have to watch this. I heard it stunk pretty bad. You oh, know, somebody I'm, was I'm, saying. It's going to be god awful, I'm sure. We might make it a net. I might have already added it to the list of possible Netflixations. Ooh, maybe I'll have to um, wait a little bit then. Yes. I didn't want to pick anything too, too closely related to the genre that we had just watched so yeah i try not to do two sci-fi movies in a row or anything like that but you never know you never know well let's wrap this show up then with some grab bagging wrap me up in that community grab bag baby it's it's made out of felt and it's yeah it's it's, yeah it's quite luxurious felt it Uh, is so the last show we had asked uh do you follow did you follow the golden globes any movies that won or didn't win that you wanted to address took issue with we had uh, a couple answers um starting off with michael mcdonald on the sites uh only issue i had with the golden globes was that the lego movie did not win best animated i haven't seen how to uh how to teach trainer dragon 2 but the lego movie was so good on every level story characters drama and humor all rolled into one the Golden Globes are weird, are a weird award. I could rant on for and have for days. I'm really glad to see Boyhood, Birdman, and Budapest Hotel doing well, though. In particular, if you haven't seen Budapest Hotel, go see it. It might be my favorite Wes Anderson film, and is easily one of his more accessible outings. I believe that's the first of his films I had actually I had watched actually. Yes, uh, I think I saw. Um... The one about the kid, the two kids who fall in love and they're trying to, they live on an island together and uh, they're trying to escape so that, because their family doesn't want to, I can't remember what the house, Moonrise Kingdom, which is very much kind of in the same vein as that, but a little bit more, uh, even more like quirky. So I I wouldn't need to watch Fantastic Mr. Fox yet and there's some other things. You need to watch Fantastic Mr. Star Fox. Yes, that too. (laughs) Uh, Going on to Twitter, Dan Anthony uh, at Mr. Underscore D'Anthony. Hi, I haven't seen the Lego movie, but the heavy acclaim shows they messed up there. What about American Sniper though? Six nominations, just released three weeks ago. It has my attention. I may have to line line up a shot and take it. AKA buy, buy ticket. ticket. <laughs> Have either of you seen it yet? And I had, I had a brief comment saying, no, it just uh, opened in our area this past Friday. And he goes, oh, so is it in your sights? Ba-doom. Oh, God. That's a, that's a joke right up my alley. Funny guy. Yeah, dad joke, man. <laughs> uh, at, uh, Apollo at Mighty underscore Apollo. Couldn't be more out of the loop regarding that whole award scene. Honestly, I'd care more if IMDB gave out awards. <laughs> don't give him any ideas yeah. and Nathan at Sith Nightmare Lego movie the fact that it wasn't even nominated for either severely disappointed and curious what the criteria is so I well, think everyone's kind of on the same page with us it's like where's Lego movie what's the deal with what's the deal with that oh gosh um, did you end up watching American Sniper I know you talked about watching that possibly. no Jessica really wants to see it so I'm sure we'll go see it in the theater here um Ooh, one of these weekends. I know Danette wants to see it too. Might have to make plans of some sort. <sighs> I'm I'm putting it on the podcast and I have to pretend like we're friends outside <sighs> of this. 
But uh, no, I have not seen it either. So they said it had a really big opening weekend. I thought. Yeah, I heard it crushed it. Like, Eighty-five yeah. million or something like that. Holy cow! Yeah. I haven't really saw. I haven't seen a. Of course, I don't watch a lot of television, but I haven't really seen a lot about it until recently when it, you know, all the hype started. Like when we talked about when we were recapping the, the movies for December. I, Oh, didn't yeah, even yeah. cross my mind that it was going to be good or anything. I was I just really like, want to oh, read American his book. Sniper. That's what that's what I've kind of I'd really like to go and read his his uh the book that he wrote to experience it beyond just the movie. Go beyond uh, the movie. Yeah. Uh, no questions for us this week. Uh, I don't. We didn't really think of this. Do we have a question for people? I don't really have a question. Um, I'm okay with not having any question. Let's spend 20 minutes thinking of a question and then we'll cut out the time so that it didn't seem like 20 minutes. No, I, sometimes I look for stuff in the, the show. Why that can't Nintendo question. name things properly? <laughs> yeah, mark. no kidding. Well, maybe I, you should get to the part everyone wants to actually, hear. Actually, you know, I'm going to incorporate that into the giveaway. Oh. So oh. We have, I have donated by one Mr. Paolo a PSN movie download. Nice. Uh, this gives you a free download on for PSN, and the only catch is it has to be redeemed by the end of the month. Um, I can't remember every movie that's on here. I think, uh, gosh, because I know I deleted his message. Um, I know TMNT was on here, World War Z. Um, there's a few others I can't quite remember. So uh, that should be the thing. If you uh, if you want to get entered into this, send us an email at the show at flextopose.com and answer that question. Why can't Nintendo name things properly? And uh, the submission, I think, is most proper. will win this giveaway. Or maybe Dave will just steal it and redeem it go. for himself. I'm, so. I'm currently downloading iFrankenstein to my <laughs> PS3, my imaginary <laughs> PS3. Ultimate edition with behind-the-scenes You looks. cheeky bastard. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so there he is. Send us. Uh, I'll put this on Twitter as well and on the site. So just send us an email at the show at flexibles.com. Why Nintendo can't name things properly. And you may win a PSN movie download. And thanks again to Paulo for the donation. Now he's, do back, I, he's back with a vengeance. Now, do I need a PlayStation to, to redeem the code? Yes. Oh. So you can't, you can't have it. I, Sorry, have, a PS, I have a PS1. Uh, it's a cable, it has a <laughs> dial-up Ethernet. Can I, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't know. About. When you started gibbering with cable, I just heard you going, It's a cable motor with gibbering and the chopping in the Bill Cosby. Dave is currently thinking, why did I agree to be on Why did again? I come on here? I'm thinking <laughs> you can't talk about Bill Cosby. He's, he's yeah. in yeah, trouble. Sure. He's going to send assassins to your house now. <laughs> See, this is what happens, though. You, we can go the whole show <laughs> great, and you get to this part, this little lull before we say, okay, that's the episode, and just stupid things flow out of these mouths. I don't, I don't go. That's the way of the world. I mean, at, at this point, you know, 47 episodes strong, you really have a reputation to uphold. And, you know, it's true. there's these podcasts that pride themselves on timely news and facts and knowledge. And then the, there's us. Things people want to hear. We, we do this. <laughs> Scotch, and Ga- Scotch and Games has smooth yas and scotch. We have gibberish. And I, I pride ourselves on that. We do, I do. I do all the time. It's 80% of what I say is gibberish. 
So, Dave, where can uh, where can people find you out on the interwebs if they're not already following you and your exploits? Uh, I've got two Twitter accounts because one Holy just cow. wasn't enough. Dang. And I give Lucas crap on both of them, but he doesn't know that because <laughs> he's never on Twitter. I was going to say, I can't even handle one account. Uh, I am. My personal account is RoboPig. That's with a one for the I because some other son of a has took took the name before I thought to get on Twitter. Uh, and then the other account I run is called Good for Gaming. Good, the number four, gaming. Uh, and I would recommend... Um, Anybody who's into gaming, follow that one and check out uh, some of my favorite charities, uh, Op Supply Drop, Extra Life, um, Able Gamers. Um, they're all doing amazing things for people um, through gaming uh, or with gaming. So uh, I think they're, they're all worth a look. That's me. No websites. Always Excellent. mobile. And as always, you know, thanks for taking the time that you do to put effort that you do to doing all that. I mean, I'm sure. Yes. I mean, you not just for, for podcasts and things like that, but I mean, you kind of highlight so many positive things that, you know, gamers are doing with, you know, your involvement in Extra Life and the things you've done with, you know, I see your supply drop tweets all the time, too. And so, I mean, that's that's no small order to do that. And just and even what you do for podcasts, too, with your your show notes that you send out each week too i mean that's awesome that you've taken the time to do that and i mean that's how i found a lot of, i mean I, I go off your recommendations for a lot of the new shows i've gotten into so that's awesome that you uh, you've continued to do that i like to say i've become a, a gaming podcast hipster because i don't listen to any of the the really popular ones i gave up <laughs> on giant bomb and ign and uh i don't listen to major nelson or any of those um, cause I think there are more interesting voices and I, I mean, for myself, I want to hear people who are like me. Um, so I tend to listen to, you know, um, guys who are, who are older maybe than the average. Um, cause I don't, I get maybe four hours a week to game. So, uh, I like to be as knowledgeable as I can to, you know, spend those four hours having some fun with it, not mm -hmm. wading through a game that totally stinks and, and doesn't work. So, um, and I know you guys, everybody who does a podcast, you do it, um, you know, because you love doing it, but I know it's, it's a lot of work. So I'm happy that I hopefully get some exposure and get different people, uh, listening to different podcasts and, uh, nothing makes me happier than when I see that somebody started listening and has become a, you know, a part of a community because I've, I've, you know, beat the dead horse over and over <laughs> saying how great the podcast is. So, right, right. um, <laughs> There are, there are. I mean, there, there's not many that I can't say I don't enjoy. Unfortunately, I've found that I, I probably hit my limit for how many I can figure a way to squeeze into my week right. currently. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I guess I'm a purist because I know a couple guys on Twitter who said that they do the speed up thing, so they actually listen to the podcast speed it up so they can get through it quicker. But I don't. Oh, wow. I, don't I tried that, that for, I about, for that. about five minutes. I just I <laughs> that's, I was gonna say that sounds horrible. It sounds like a bunch of chipmunks chattering. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
So I don't recommend that. I recommend finding one that speaks to you and definitely get involved with the community. I think um, you guys do a great job of it. I know, Jason, you listen to uh, Married to the Games. Um, yep, yep. And I think those guys are an excellent example of um, they're they're very positive. You don't hear them talking a lot of crap about any given system or about any specific game or about thing you know gaming in general. They're always very very positive. And um, if you've ever seen my notes, they they interact heavily with their community and. I think the people appreciate that, that they can send in a question and hear it read out. And right. um, I'd say for anybody who's trying to get a podcast going or, or further it, that's the, the way that you're going to do it is by getting other gamers involved in discussions. Um, I think Twitter's my favorite for it, but I know some other podcasts are very successful on Facebook as well. But um, if you get people entertained and interested i think you you'll do much better and i think married to the game i know they're over i think they're over ten thousand follows on twitter so they're they're obviously doing something right <laughs> right absolutely i did want to add uh really quick i forgot to mention earlier in the show and this is probably the best place to it uh to do so uh, starting in February, we are going to do a test run with a, a video segment to go along with our Battle of the Beers. So we'll have we'll have an audio battle as we had the past couple times, but now we're actually gonna we're gonna do our best for a little a video component as well that we'll put up on YouTube, so you can kind of experience, you know, the visual side of things too, especially if we're rating things on a visual scale. You know, it's important mm-hmm. to you guys to get that. Uh, get that uh that side of things as well so little something to look forward to coming up in the future yes yes always improving i want to see we're going to test lucas's movie making skills with all these these glamorous camera angles and rolling footage shots and (laughs) other things I like no, it. No mic booms in the, in the shot, please. We're going to go out of our way to make it extraordinarily extravagant. It's going to look like a local cable access channel. I lens flare? So. Will there be lens flare on the beer? There will be <laughs> two lens flares, a minor and a major. Two lens, two lens flares per object. Minimum. I'm going to crack a beer open and pour it and walk away as, it, as the, the head foams over. Nice. It'll be slow motion, obviously, too. Exactly. Well, gentlemen, I think our night of splendor is at an end for the day is over. Our battle is won and we are weary. We are. And episode 47 comes to a close. And it was a great journey. So so again, I want to thank Dave for coming on, shooting the shit with us and just hanging out, having a good time with us. Lucas, as always, he's here. I'm here. Mm -hmm. We will be here. And I can't rhyme, so <laughs> nothing to do with that. Gentlemen, I hope you have a great week. For all you listeners, thank you for coming back and listening. I hope you have a fantastic week as well, and we'll see you back here uh, next week for episode 48.